The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with ndpw.com. We are sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Partnership with hypecityvapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on and on. As always, I am Big Joe. And I'm Carl Garifel. Yes, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. And kind of as uh, per the norm uh, lately, before we get into our wrestling discussion... How are things going for Kara Careful up there in Northern Ontario, Canada? We still have a little bit of winter up there, from what I hear. We do. Um, <laughs> it's May. Yeah, dude. it's May. Unfortunately, yeah, it's May. It's May already, and uh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, still some snow flying around. Even last night, there was uh, still a little bit of snow that was flying around. Um, just, just crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. We haven't had a ton of snow here, but we've had the odd sprinkle here and there. It's more or less just kind of still been cool. So it's uh, it's definitely been unusual for May in southern Ontario where I'm located here. And uh, looking forward to that nonsense going away and uh, hopefully to a summer coming soon, but hopefully it won't be too short. It's uh, almost getting to the point, uh, Carl, with uh, the way climates are kind of going, that they might have to start shifting uh, when the seasons are because uh, I think it's quite clear we're turning into later winters uh at least here in Canada anyway. So they might have to start uh, changing the old calendars when it comes to the seasons. They definitely might have to. <laughs> that's a, that's a huge possibility. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems to be that way right now. Um, but I mean, even here, our winters seem to get longer and longer and longer and longer. Uh, I remember a time where it wasn't until November that we were getting snow and then um, like mid end of November. And, and I mean, now even before Halloween, yeah. there's snow. So it's like, what, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> it's just going to be permanent winter up there. And, um, you know, as for, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're still kind of living in this world. Things are, I think, seem to be starting to trending towards um, things opening back up. I know where I work at a large retailer, they've uh, actually started allowing customers in the store again, um, but just in limited numbers, you know, to, uh, to try and help. And hopefully uh, this will uh, trickle down into some smaller businesses as well. Um, you know, I'm sure that this isn't just limited to Canada, but I know a lot of smaller businesses are really struggling and on the verge of just um, going off into oblivion unless they can start getting some customers into the location. So hopefully that can start uh, filtering into those and they can start lending limited customers in at a time uh, to try and get some revenue going to them again because it's uh, it's getting tough and some places just aren't going to survive unless they start doing some business soon. 
It's very true. Um, our premier, Doug Ford, in Ontario actually has uh, got a plan in place, a uh, five uh, five step plan, I guess you could say. And uh, part of that plan for, I believe, today yeah. is actually for any businesses that have um, a door that leads to an outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you're looking like downtown core businesses type of things. So like right. us down here, we've got a, yeah, like an ice cream shop um, that, you know, has, has been closed, hasn't been opened. Um, it can open up, but only for curbside. So those are some of the limitations, some of the restrictions that are coming in. But uh, yeah, slowly we're starting to reopen everything. And I hope it, it honestly, it, it needs to happen as, as soon as possible because people are, are going crazy out there. <laughs> My line of work, I, I, I'm a security professional. I uh, drive around in a vehicle at night and just some of the stuff I deal with and the stuff that I see is unreal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, looking forward to... Uh, so things getting back to some normalcy. Um, getting into some wrestling discussion here, Carl. Um, we're at the hop here. Um, a type of event that didn't happen the way it normally happens is we're talking WWE Money in the Bank for uh, 2020 here. Uh, this happened on Sunday, May 10th, uh, just a couple of days ago. And first of all, this was done from the WWE headquarters. I, I believe that that is a first. Yes, it is. First time ever that it has been done at the headquarters. Now, um, for those of you who have not seen it, um, WWE during this time has tried to go with a little bit more of a cinematic feel Mm -hmm. to what they're doing. So this was definitely, it was pre-recorded. They they put a little bit of a cinematic type of feel onto it. So... Um, keep that in mind. It's not your typical professional wrestling match that you would see if you were in an area live. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I I enjoyed it. I I didn't have any issues with it. Um, The entire card, I really didn't have any issues with it for, for what they've had to deal with and what they have to work with. I think that they did pretty decent for what they've got available. Well, cool, because you just uh, actually answered my next question. I was going to ask uh, what your kind of overall feeling was. Uh, for, for myself, a little disclaimer at the beginning here. Uh, in this past week, I did uh, end up uh, canceling my, my WWE Network subscription. Um, I, I had it for a good five, probably four or five months there. And uh, you know, no secret that I'm not really pleased with the product. And, and to be uh, perfectly blunt as well, just given what's kind of goes on outside of what we do here, Carl, and I know you can relate yourself, that we're very busy, and we have busy lives outside of uh, doing Termical Talk here. Work has been very busy. You know, we haven't stopped uh, working through this whole business, and I just haven't had, frankly, the time to watch. And when I do watch, I mean, I just, I, I don't get the enjoyment out of the product, so I had to make the, kind of the tough decision to, to cancel it. But I did catch uh, the highlights from this, so I figured uh, we'd uh, go through this a little bit and uh, kind of discuss the results. Uh, pre-show, um... Arguably for me, this was probably one of the better matches for the for the evening, and it was the pre-show match with Jeff Hardy uh, defeating Cesaro. So, an interesting one there. Uh, two great guys. Uh, interesting that they were relegated to the pre-show. Not not really though. I mean, Jeff Hardy is just returning, mm-hmm. so this I, I guess you could say is like his twenty seventh point five nine nine eight seven six. 
time yeah. that he is being given another chance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, 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 I'm putting him right onto the main card. Not a good idea in my book anyways, but having him go out there and do the pre-show, which not everybody watches the pre-show. Mm-hmm. So what better way for, you know, management to, to kind of just sit back and go, okay, go out there, show us what you can do still. Show us what you've got still. Prove us wrong. We're giving you another shot. This is your, like, 27th shot. <laughs> so, yep. you know, make make sure that, you know, it's it, it's it's worth our time, right? For sure. So being the pre-show, I think, was the, the best option. Yeah, Jeff's been given... So many second chances, uh, not just in WWE, just in the industry in general. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, things go well and hopefully nothing uh, kind of shenanigans happen because, uh, I mean, he is a legend in our business and, um, you know, we don't want to see people uh, fall flat on their face and, uh, and hopefully, you know, things go good this uh, time around. Uh, next up, we had a fatal four-way for the uh, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I am typically not a fan of these multi-way tag team matches and for me this really wasn't any different just just too much kind of going on too many moving parts for me for this one i i watched it i watched the entire thing and um i didn't find that at all i found that everything kind of moved uh seamlessly kind of as it should uh they played into the uh to the typical things uh jackson Riker was out there he got thrown out which it's pretty much a no holds barred match like what do you what are you doing here it's a fail four way there's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. yeah but anyways um like he was he was kicked out he was like no you uh, you have to go to the back and then you got the the spots where it's like you think that you know the forgotten sons are gonna win it they're, they're gonna win it oh, oh wait no they did holy crap <laughs> and then in comes you know like the lucha house party and then 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 you think that they're gonna take it and then it's like, oh, holy crap and you know it just kind of kept going like that which which was fantastic we we really didn't see a whole lot from like john morrison and the miz which mm-hmm. i was kind of surprised about because they're they, they've got this whole uh, big thing that they've they've been doing this big uh, you know push that they're on, but uh, the new day defeating uh, the Forgotten Sons, uh, John Morrison and the Miz, and the Lucha House Party to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Honestly, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought that this was going to be a Forgotten Sons victory yeah. and a time for them to shine. Yep, uh, surprising uh, to, to still see these guys around, uh, can, uh, considering kind of what was been going on lately in WWE, and uh, they weren't quote unquote forgotten and and, and let go. Uh, all three of those guys still around. I mean, I would have figured that they would have been part of those cuts, but uh, you know, good to see. I mean, uh, Jackson Riker, uh, otherwise known as Gunner, uh, previously in other promotions, was our very first guest on. Uh, on Turnbuckle Talk here, Carl, so uh, a friend of ours, and uh, glad to see that uh, he's still around and still uh, getting a paycheck from WWE, so uh, a good deal there for him and happy for him. Uh, next up, we had Bobby Lashley versus R-Truth in a, just a regular singles match, and this one happened relatively quickly. It looks like it went about a minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> while, while the match was a minute and 40 seconds, um, we, we have to kind of uh, take a look at what happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be MVP versus our truth, mm-hmm. um, which I, I would love to have seen. That would have been great. That would have and been a then good, decent match. Yeah. And then our truth coming out and, and doing his, his, his little bit of a comedic shtick, which, which personally I love. I think it's fantastic. What our truth yeah. has done with, uh, with, with just 
this whole comedy thing that he does. And, you know, he's talking about, uh, you know, teaching MVP how to be balling. And, uh, you know, MVP is, is essentially the master of balling. If, uh, if you don't, you don't know, right. Going yep. back through the history books of WWE. Um, and it was just, it, it was fantastic to see, you know, our truth out there going, so ball in and you throw and, Oh, it went in and that's a two pointer. <laughs> and then he goes, hold on, hold on. And he backs up two steps and, and does a motion where he's throwing a basketball and he goes ball in three points. And <laughs> like, it was just, it was cool yeah. to see. And then all of a sudden, MVP's like I got something for you. I'll, I'll teach you. And then out comes Bobby Lashley, which was kind of odd, but yeah. maybe not at the same point. Yeah. Considering <laughs> releases that have happened, and now they really don't have any storyline for Bobby Lashley and Lana right now. So you got to do something. So why, yeah, yeah, why not throw them with MVP and uh, like? do something good in that sense, which I, I think hopefully is what they're going to be doing. But all around, if we're even it just being a quick Bobby Lashley squash match, mm-hmm. the comedic factor at the very beginning is what made that match for me. There you go. Uh, next up we had Bailey versus Tamina. Um, I really don't know what to say. I mean, uh, at, at this point, uh, again, you know, to, to be fair, I did not watch uh, the whole show of this. I'm watching uh, highlights, you know, main spots in this uh, with the stuff. From what I've seen uh, kind of at this point in the card, it starts to get, I won't say generic for me, but it starts to get kind of really kind of by the numbers at this point, uh, you know, minus the, the very last match. Yeah, things start to, you, you do kind of feel that. Things start to kind of get safe. Yep. after this um starts to become just uh just very basic as as if they're just training mm-hmm. uh, out there in the ring training with each other type of thing um don't get me wrong tamina looked very good in that match i was very happy with that and yep. and for those of you that don't know tamina is actually the daughter of the superfly jimmy snooker mm-hmm. so I mean, family lineage right there, whether good or bad, whatever you think of uh, yep. of the superfly i mean she's she she grew up in the business yeah. she knows what to do and and it's about time and i'm happy that they're really starting to uh give tamina a little bit so that she can you know showcase they then they really don't play off of the whole um superfly they i don't can't. think i even mentioned yeah. them or i don't even i don't remember hearing them mention jimmy snooka at all yeah. Or that she's the daughter of a Hall of Famer or, like, nothing. Like, I didn't no. hear any of that. So they're really letting Tamina just be Tamina. Um, Bailey, I'm still happy with Bailey. I know, you know, Big Joe has a very different opinion on that. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. She's out there having fun, doing what she wants to do. Um, I I can see in her that she's having fun playing this character right now so if she's having fun with it i'm okay yeah uh as far as the the tamina situation that 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 gets a little tricky um because it is very similar maybe maybe not quite to the same extent when we're talking david benoit um you know tamina's the, the kind of one where you know given what's happened recently um i'm pretty damn sure that the commentary and whatnot are told to not even mention the snooker last name um just because of all the negativity that's tied to, to her dad and having said that too i think she's one of these ones carl where 
if they were to put a, any kind of title on her, the backlash from all different angles would just be overwhelming, I think. And, you know, even the people, uh, you know, the family of, um, you know, Jimmy's girlfriend, because you know, he was married at the time as well, but the uh, the family of his girlfriend he had the time that was killed, you know, whether it was by accident or on purpose or whatever have you, we still don't know the answer to that question. I mean, there would just there'd be so much backlash from, from them and then, you know, the internet wrestling community, you betcha, and then just kind of everybody else. So she's in that situation where I, I don't see her ever being that title-holding person. I don't think that they, they can do it. Unfortunately Which is really for her. Unfortunate. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, from from what she's done, she she's come a very long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been with the company for quite a while now. Yeah. I think she's earned at least one run yeah. uh, of being the, the champ. And I mean, it sucks. I, I think you're you're very much so correct in uh, in your statement there. But yeah, very unfortunate that yeah. uh, those situations abide and. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much we can do about it, yeah. right? But because if you know, when you when you talk big women in WWE, I mean, I, I would I would take one of her over ten Nia Jaxes any any day. You know, at least Tamina can actually kind of work. You know, and she right? doesn't. Uh, you know, she doesn't go to McDonald's every second day or every other hour. Or so um, next up, we had Braun Strowman versus the Bray Wyatt. Wasn't the Fiend version of Bray Wyatt? We just had straight up Mister Rogers, friendly neighborhood Bray Wyatt. Um, there was some interesting psychology kind of going on here, trying to get uh, Braun to come over, you know, to Bray's side and, um, Braun wasn't having any of that. So, I mean, there was, there was some cool stuff in here. Um, still the, the Bray Wyatt character, you know, this iteration of it, uh, where it's this and sometimes the fiend just, it's, it's never really translated, uh, to very well into being an in-ring character. I mean, Bray can still work, work in that ring pretty well, just that the character doesn't really fit into professional wrestling. It's never, it's never really translated well, at least from my perspective. Which is unfortunate, again, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's it's fantastic what he's doing. Yeah. Um, this whole creative control that he has over his character right now has been fantastic, and I think he has been killing it with what he's been doing with this Bray Wyatt and the Fiend uh, type of, of thing and character. Um, spoiler alert for you, th- this match here, uh, from what I have been seeing, has, was pre-taped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did do some you know, cinematic type of stuff with this match as well. Yep. Uh, but all in all, th- this was a great match. I-, I very much so enjoyed it. It was very fun to see, very fun to watch. The little elements that they had of, of the puppets at ringside and, you know, come home, Braun, come home, Braun. Like all of that was was really good. I was very happy to see that. And then uh, another spoiler alert for you, Braun actually puts on the black sheep mask for a few minutes and, and you kind of start to believe that maybe, maybe he's just given in and, and then takes the mask off and, and ultimately wins the match in the end. So we, we have, you know, Braun Strowman retaining the uh, world or the universal championship over uh, Bray Wyatt. So all in all, I, I was happy with what they did. So next up, we had Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. Now, I was pretty vocal about this, you know, when it when it happened. I felt that uh, you know, Drew, you know, definitely the right person to put the title on, you know, and, and timing was good. Just he had the the horrible misfortune 
of being a guy to win, you know, supposedly the most prestigious title in the company in front of zero crowd in person. So, um, that, that was uh, kind of the unfortunate thing here. Um, you know, both great talents in the ring, just, it, 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 I don't know, it, it's, it's a weird, um, thing with uh, these two and it's not just these two it's it's everything you know I, i've been pretty vocal that i, I feel that, that that wrestling is best when there is a live audience there for the show so you know even when uh, in this week you know you'll hear i'm um, coming up uh, on on tuesday as well for the hot tag wrestlecast we had to sit down with mr michael melkor from the grillaposition.com and he very much feels that same way you know he, he still gives credit to the current product you know giving the props for doing what they can but it's just not the same with that live audience. And, and Drew, um, you know, he's one of those guys that can really, really feed off of a live audience, and it's just not there for him. I, and I, I honestly, I feel for him. I, as much as I hate to do this, I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> having having some oh, sort of audience, yeah. whether it's like yeah. AEW has been doing with just having talent out there kind of, you know, giving little jabs and, and jeering at the, uh, at the, the so talent that's in the ring working, uh, just those little things like that really make a big difference. Um, trying to watch a WWE programming with, uh, with no one there to kind of, Ooh, or awe or, or anything like that at all really does take away from it. Um, I don't take away anything from what these athletes are still doing inside the ring, but it would be maybe a little bit better Mm -hmm. if there was just a little bit of a crowd out there. Yeah. So Drew ended up, um, you know, defeating Seth Rollins and holding on to that tail just shy of 20 minutes in that match. Um, Next up, we had... Well, we essentially we got to combine these two, Carl, because uh, these matches happened simultaneously here. Uh, we had the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, which consisted of Oscar, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lisa Evans, Nia Snacks, sorry Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. And on the men's side, we had Otis, AJ Styles, Alistair Black, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, and Rey Mysterio uh, for the men's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match briefcase now just overall briefly on this you know nothing to take away from any of these talents i mean there are a handful uh especially on the women's side here that i'm not particularly fond of never really have been and naming nia jackson shana baszler but i mean they they all did what they could here um i know a lot of people found this entertaining When, when i watched this here carl like i said nothing to take away from any of the talents here but it just felt like one big slapstick comedy routine you're right. Um, it did. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, man, yeah, for, for yeah, like a yeah. first time, um, kind of a really different thing. You know, we even had both the, the men and the women at the same time. There's a lot of potential here, but just it felt like slapstick comedy to me, Carl. I hate, and I hate to say it. I really do. I mean, I, I wouldn't say slapstick comedy, but I mean, it, it did have some comedic stuff to it. Yeah. Um, my wife, she tolerates <laughs> my professional wrestling yes um no. she actually sat down and was watching the show with me last night or sunday night um what were her thoughts just with this match alone mm-hmm. she was entertained wow. now again as we have said on previous podcasts, yep. that's what the WWE does. That's what the E in WWE is. It is entertainment. Yep. 
So did they hit the mark? Pun intended? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, they did yeah. with that match. Uh, just different little things that happened, like you, you saw Paul Heyman and a food fight happen. Um, yeah. You know, like like the it's wife was was sitting there going, "There's going to be a food fight." Yeah. As soon as she saw that, she's like, "What is Paul Heyman doing with all of that?" Oh, there's going to be a food be fight because yeah. there was a whole table of food set out, yeah. and, and and then you know, uh, Mr. John Laurinaitis coming out, and 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 she's always called him laryngitis. <laughs> John um, laryngitis. That's true, though. It's true. <laughs> Right? Good catch, sir. So she's like, oh, it's laryngitis. It's Mr. Laryngitis. And I'm like, yep, sure is. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and she knows his actual name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, like, she was she was actually entertained. She she stopped what she was doing for a few, and, and, and she was actually watching and engaged in this matchup Interesting. Uh, that happened, right? And it, it, so <clears throat> if that's what they were going for, they hit it. If that's the Clear. the market that they were looking for, is people who you know are looking for that entertainment factor, they, they hit it. They knocked it out of the park with this yep. because somebody who's just a very casual and tolerates my obsession of professional wrestling was entertained. Yeah. Right. So yep. we do have to note though, and this is actually coming from my wife, uh, who is a medical professional. Mm-hmm. Um, she says. And, and 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 if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert again. I know I'm giving lots of these spoilers. They were in Vince McMahon's office, mm-hmm. and after they left the office, there was only two guys that were in the office. I won't mention who. Go and watch it because it was actually entertaining. Um, after they left Vince's office, he grabbed out the hand sanitizer, put it into his I hands, that, rubbed yeah. his hands together. Yeah. You know, given that little bit of a jab to the whole yeah. pandemic happening right now and then went and continued to his work yeah. so uh, it, it, that was amazing to see that they actually threw in a little bit of make sure you're sanitizing make sure you're washing yeah. your hands so <laughs> ted tone deaf there but uh you know we even uh you know had uh, apparently a couple uh, uh attempted murders or, i mean or as far as we know they're confirmed murders uh alistair black and ray mysterio yeah. thrown off the top of the building uh i don't know what the deal is there but uh yeah, Man, that that was the only thing that 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 really irked me was, yeah. uh, you know, they, they they went over, but they didn't follow up on any of that. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping over the next, you know, couple of days <laughs> that maybe they will, because we're recording yeah. on Monday, for those who don't know. Uh, so we haven't seen Raw yet, so we don't know what they're going to, yeah. you know, kind of say on Raw about uh, what happens to Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio? Um, as far as we know right now, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to their families and rest in peace to both. But, uh, I mean, who knows, yeah, right? But I wish that they would have followed up a little bit on that. See, the the creative juices kind of get running in my head there. You, you have Alistair Black. and Here's the opportunity here, Carl to have somebody not be the Undertaker characters, uh, uh, so to speak, but to kind of maybe take over that persona and maybe that spot. You could have Aleister Black, you know, coming back from the dead. You know, then you can have him really be kind of this paranormal, uh, supernatural type of character and then really kind of go over the top of it. was what they should have been doing with him already. But here's a chance now. Okay, you've killed him. Now we can make him the dead man. And um, opportunities there, guys. Take it. <laughs> it's right there in front of you. This, this shit writes itself here. Yeah, 100% they should have. They should have actually shown <laughs> yeah. him getting thrown over, and then it was it was all pre-recorded. So yep. they should have shown him just laying out on the ground. Yep. 
right? Like, like, why not? Yeah. So don't you don't need to throw any blood or anything like that into nope. it. Just show Alistair Black laying on on the actual ground, and then kind of pan up from there, come back up to the top, and then all of a sudden we see Alistair Black floating. You can do like right? a hologram and then, or something, and then, yeah. And then he's he's back up there, right? Like that would have been perfect opportunity for them to have done something like that yep. because it was all cinematography anyways. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. All right, man. So uh, moving away from, briefly from WWE here, uh, this was something that you had made me aware of. Unfortunately, this is a product that I haven't had a chance to watch much of. Jesus. I, I can't remember the last time that I've watched impact. Um, but they've done something interesting here, Carl, from what you've been telling me that uh, they have brought back the TNA title with moose yes they have in a very interesting move uh, from what i've been seeing uh from a number of different news sources now is that uh, impact wrestling is is going to be kind of using the tna uh branding a little bit more in their products right now hmm. um i think it might be uh kind of one of two things right now either one um, they're hearing and, and trying to deal with backlash over Tessa Blanchard being the uh, impact uh, heavyweight champion. So they're trying to appease to both sides. Uh, you know, the ones who say perfectly fine for a woman to hold the uh, heavyweight championship. And then those that are saying, no, it's not fine, uh, w- whatever their reasoning is. So appeal to both sides and and run with two world heavyweight championships uh they're they're different branded sure why not um or it it could be a case of um, impact trying to draw in the former tna fans that have stopped watching by bringing back uh probably one of the most uh gorgeous looking championships that i've ever seen uh the tna uh championship um it might be that just them trying to really draw in those fans back to their product. So exactly what it is, I have no clue, but either way it's happened. They're trying stuff, which I'll give them credit for. And you know, they're a company that, that needs to do that. They need to, to try different things to see what's going to stick because you know, they're caught in that really weird territory of where they're, this lower mid uh, kind of level company and uh, they need to do something to make them to stand out. And, and, you know, with a guy like Moose, you have such a unique opportunity to, and, you know, th- this is really going entertainment on this, but uh, hey, why not? You, you, know, you can really draw in some younger crowds with this, you know, T and TNA impact, whatever you want to call them is a Canadian company. You have a guy named Moose. Uh, you should be selling merchandise like crazy with this. So you have a little Moose hats for the people in the crowd. Well, now you can, you can go full, uh, on with this and really make him be um, a baby face, a uh, good guy persona and go over top of the merchandise. You can really have some fun with this stuff and, and just try different stuff and, and see what sticks. Uh, this deal with Tessa Blanchard, I mean, um, I don't think two people in this entire business could a- agree on that move there. I think people were either for it or against it. And uh, it was really a 50-50 thing. I mean, it wasn't a... Uh, something that a lot of people agreed on. So uh, I, I think it's a good move to try something different and, uh, and see if it'll work. And I, I just want to put out there and this wasn't even on here. And I don't think that, that you and I have even talked about this yet, yep. but it, it has been 
officially announced that even Ring of Honor is kind of doing this as well. Ring of Honor is bringing back the pure championship. Yeah. So they're going to be having a tournament for it. Um, what, what, one of the people that I follow on uh, on on social media, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw them out there just yet. Maybe next week we'll throw out the name. I want to just make sure that everything is legit with all <laughs> of this. But uh, apparently, this person was contacted by ROH and Marty Skrull to recreate and make that ROH Pure Championship. Mm. Um, so how fantastic is that, that, you know, they're actually, the, the original one is going to be kept in, in whatever type of vault that ROH has, and they're going to use one that somebody that I follow has actually made. So very cool to see that. But yeah, like even even Ring of Honor is bringing back different championships to kind of draw that little bit of attention from others that uh, might not be currently watching. Yeah, that'll be interesting because, I mean, that that was really kind of set to happen um, just right when all this COVID-19 stuff started happening. So it was kind of put on uh, on hold. Looking forward to, to seeing uh, who all will be involved in that once they're able to get that up and going. Um, something that you had made me aware of, and this was uh, with AEW. Um, just uh, pulling up the article now. And uh, this happened very much after the fact, which is uh, interesting to say the least here. But uh, uh, AEW was uh, recently fined to the tune of $10,000 um, for the match that they did when they were in Maryland. Uh, because apparently, to the um, according to the Maryland State Athletic Commission, you're not supposed to do blood in a match in Maryland. Uh, there's been... That's been known for literally 35 years that you don't do blood in Maryland. The commission for years would stop a match at the first sight of blood. And there was a lot of blood in that match. Uh, they're talking about the Moxley uh, Omega match. Um, what uh, show was that at? That was at Full Gear. Full and Gear. Yeah, Full Gear lights so, out match. Yeah, a little interesting that this is being brought to light so far after the fact. Um, I don't know. Um, I get it, but... I don't know. It, it seems a, a little kind of petty to go after a company for this kind of stuff, especially given that it's professional wrestling and entertainment and whatever you want to call it. Uh, I've never been a, really a fan of these fines, to be honest with you. I really haven't been either. I mean, unfortunately, it's it's a state by state thing, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's athletic commissions w- within every state. Um, I, I know that uh, in Michigan, when I was when I was uh, wrestling um, in Michigan. I, I could have been in serious trouble because I actually didn't have a uh, professional wrestler's license for Michigan. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I could have gotten in trouble, but uh, <laughs> thankfully I didn't. Um, yep. But they, they, they seem to be a little bit more laxed and open with things in, in the state of Michigan, at least. Um, we, we could do whatever we wanted. It really didn't matter because yep. they, they, they classified it as, as more of an entertainment thing. So, it wasn't too too bad in in that respect, but then you get states like like Maryland that, um, yeah, like they just they. I don't I don't understand how they can differ so much from from state to state. Uh, right. You know, not allowing you know, and, and as they say, for thirty five years, for literally thirty five years, you don't do blood in Maryland. Well, you know. Why? Why not? 
yeah. you know, are you are you not allowing boxing? Are you not allowing UFC? Like, I mean, I'm all of these sure other that, yeah. other things that are out there, <clears throat> you know, is 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 this kind of a double standard going on? I haven't really looked into it, so I don't know. Mm. But all in all, anyways, it comes down to these guys have. Uh, yeah, they've uh, they they've gone through and uh, been fined. So, yeah. Yep, we'll see what uh, comes of it. I, personally, I don't think that there's going to be much flack over this. It's something that's just going to kind of fly below the radar for the most part and not really be that big of a deal. But you know, time will tell. But uh, I don't see it uh, negatively affecting the company whatsoever. Really. Um, no, no. I, they they paid the fine and that's it. They're moving on. Yeah, uh, life goes on. World keeps on spinning. Um, going back over to some WWE stuff here, uh, Carl. This is uh, another one that you had uh, made me aware of. Uh, WWE it looks like they're going to be launching a new reality show, um, tentatively called "The Quest for Lost WWE Treasures." Now. You, uh, Carl, and a lot of people out there that are regular listeners to the program would probably think that Big Joe is going to hate this idea. And typically with WWE reality shows, you would be correct. I am typically not a fan of them because I feel that it compromises the storylines and uh, whatnot going on. This is a cool idea that can work as long as you're not using current active talent. So I think using Triple H and some of these, you know, John uh, Laryngitis, these guys, you you can use them, but try not to use active talent on the show because it's going to compromise the storylines. And this is a time where we, it's very important to keep those storylines going to try and salvage things here. Just make sure you use guys that are off of TV. So I, I don't know if you've actually looked into what this is. Um, I, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of insight into what uh-huh. this is. So this uh, reality show is going to be in partnership with A&E. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is is they're going to have Triple H and Stephanie. Okay. Have you ever seen American Pickers or Canadian Pickers? I've seen that, uh, the odd episode here and there. Yep. That is essentially what they are going to be doing. Yep. But looking for WWE treasures. So anyone out there who might have like a pair of Andre the Giant's boots or a banner from a WrestleMania, like a, a an actual from the show banner or yep. turnbuckles or any any of that type of stuff, any any treasures that the WWE hasn't lost technically but um are out there with fans it seems as though that this is going to be a show of of them going out and looking for these treasures and then purchasing them back is is almost how it it, it feels and mm-hmm. for that i'm excited because i i'm not a big fan of canadian pickers but i love watching the american pickers those guys are freaking fantastic at what they do so yeah to see this, uh, I'm very interested. I, I would love to. I would love if I was able to see uh, the pilot episode before everything, so that I could get a better handle on on what's going to happen with it. But I, I'm I'm excited for it because I, I'm a guy that kind of likes those types of shows. Yep, I think as long as you're, uh, like I said, uh, I think the key will be not using uh, the active talent because I think it, it does compromise your character. So you use you know, guys like Triple H, Stephanie, and yep, yeah, I would agree. It's got some potential. It's it's a decent idea. I'll, I'll, I'll give them props for, for that. Um, 
let's see what we have. Uh, do you have any kind of breaking news that uh, has uh, come up since we've come up with our run here, Carl? I don't know if I've seen much in the way of, of breaking news. Uh, other than, I mean, there was one piece of news that is very dirt sheet worthy that I don't really feel like bringing up. Um, I don't even yeah, want to name the person. Yeah. Um, that one that we, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not even going to yeah. talk about that one right now. Um, cause there's enough negativity in this world right now. Absolutely. We don't need to throw in anymore. Um, yep. all that we'll say is if you want to look it up for yourself, um, Del Rio, that's yep. all we're going to, going to say and mention. So yep. we're not going to talk about it. Yep. You go and look it up on your own. Yep. Yep. Uh, not really see much in the way of breaking news. So why don't we just go right to our match of the week segment here, Carl? Um, I think I went first last week and, uh, well, you go first this week. What was your match of the week for uh, this past week here? Definitely. Um, so my match of the week, uh, believe it or not, is, is actually going to be coming from, uh, money in the bank. Ooh. Um, and, and it's, it's, it was actually the pre-show match, <laughs> there you go. uh, Jeff Hardy versus oh. Cesaro. Uh, oh. I just, I, I thought that Jeff Hardy really has gone out there and is really trying to reprove himself again. And, uh, I was just all around happy with it. Anything that Cesaro is in th- that dude is a freaking monster yeah. inside of that ring. Like he just goes and goes and goes like the guy just seems to have no stop and no end to him at all yep. uh they call him the swiss cyborg or the uh, swiss superman and you know all these different monikers for him and they're all right uh so it just yep. very well done between the two of them and that was my match of the week yeah, both great guys. Uh, always been a fan of Cesaro, especially going back to his Ring of Honor days as like Claudio Cesario. And um, part of me was, and again, slightly off topic, part of me was almost kind of hoping that he might have been part of those releases so that he could kind of go to a different company because he's one of those guys that really so much fits into that uh, indie kind of... Um, feel because it's where he comes from. I think he really shines when he's in a promotion where the entertainment factor is really about what's happening inside the ring. Cause he's never really been, been great as like an out of the ring type character or anything like that. He very much tells his story inside the ring and that doesn't really quite fit with the, the current uh, atmosphere in the landscape of WWE. Uh, for me, uh, kind of keeping with my norm for the past a few weeks here, uh, my match of the week doesn't come from current programming whatsoever. Uh, it, my match of the week is coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, going back to Wrestle Kingdom 14, night one, the match for the Junior World Heavyweight Championship between Will Ospreay and Hiromu Takahashi. If you have not had a chance to see this match, do yourself a favor and go and watch it. Um, you will find a match with two guys that just the work rate in the ring is second to none of these two guys. These are two guys that know how to tell a professional wrestling story inside of that ring with just the physicality and none of the other BS. Just go watch this match and you will be thoroughly entertained. If that is your cup of tea, where you like your professional wrestling to be that and inside the ring and in that context, you're going to get a lot out of this. Sounds awesome. Uh, great pick again coming from Big Joe. Uh, before we move on here, I want to mention if you are still a subscriber to the WWE Network um, or if you have access somehow to maybe see uh, illegally things that are on the <laughs> network, 
Um, the WWE right now is 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 doing this amazing series on the Undertaker. Uh, they're calling it the Last Ride. Um, before the pay per view yesterday, or, uh, yeah, Sunday yesterday, I was able to actually see the first, um, and it was on the network. It was streaming on the network already, so I was able to see part one. And uh, from what I understand, part two is supposed to be coming out uh, tonight. Hmm. So it's a it's a from what I understand, it's a five part series. And man, honestly, it has been the first part, part one. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Just blown away. Uh, by by this because this is something new we have never seen behind the scenes with the Undertaker. Not He's really. never he doesn't do podcasts. He doesn't do do video casts. He doesn't do any of that stuff. But for the first time, in between the years of 2017 and 2020, hmm. he allowed cameras to actually follow him. Interesting. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was actually supposed to debut after Money in the Bank, so they must have bumped it ahead of the actual show. And interesting, that might have been a move to try and uh, uh, get some people to stay tuned in after for the actual uh, quote-unquote pay-per-view or, or whatever show. So they might have done it for that reason of shuff, uh, moving it ahead to try and see if people would stick around afterwards. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, well, it wasn't actually right before the pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah, like I, I watched it in the morning. Oh, wow. So it was they really on the off. network. So I, I took my computer and okay. uh, I was able to cast from my computer up to my television <laughs> and I was able to watch it that morning. So, so they it up. well, no, I wouldn't say that morning. I would say more about uh, uh, two, two in the two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> after I, I had woken up from my night shift. Uh, so for me, it's morning. But, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, so, I mean, looking two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I was actually able to throw this up there and watch. So it was, yeah, if you have an opportunity to see this, um, I I, I only expect great things from it. And I was very happy with the first episode. Yeah, for sure. All right, man, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment. And we are going to take a, a little look at a professional wrestling promotion called the UWF and what can be learned from this whole situation that happened especially if you don't know uh, the story we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it when we come back this week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow visit CollarandElbowBrand.com where you can get 15% off when using promo code JKPodcast at the checkout including this week's featured item the Good Brothers Dojo t-shirt alright guys Big Joe and Carl Carefell back here on Turnbuckle Talk Yes, we are, guys. We are at that moment that everybody loves. We are talking our show stopper segment. Yeah, absolutely, Carl. And uh, thankfully, you know, lately with the the lack of you know live wrestling content out there, we've had this program called Dark Side of the Ring that has uh, provided us with a lot of wrestling esque entertainment and education here on uh, things and incidents and people in the wrestling business. And this past week was, was no different. We had an episode of dark side of the ring that focused in on a little wrestling promotion called the universal wrestling federation, otherwise known as the UWF. Um, what do you think about this uh, episode? Just kind of briefly here, Carl, before we get into the deets, I was thoroughly enjoyed because I, I, Okay, I'll be I'll be honest with everybody. Um, I really didn't know about this promotion. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> to hear and learn about it, and and to kind of learn about some of the 
backstage shenanigans that were happening yeah. with this company yeah. was was fantastic for me. So I mean, I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So this basically started. Well, there's an actual date here that this company was founded on August 26th, 1980. So I would have been 10 years old at the time, and this was an attempt. Wait. Did you say 1980? Sorry, 1990. I meant 1990. Okay. <laughs> Got my dates wrong. 1990. So I would have been, yeah, I was, I messed up there. Nin- August 26, 1990. And uh, this was basically, to downplay just a little bit here, this was a wrestling mark trying to compete directly with Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation at the time. Um just to get to the nitty gritty, that essentially is how this kind of started. A wrestling mark who had some money wanted to compete with Vince. And he was able to get some significant names to be interested in this. We're talking Bruiser Brody, uh, San Martino, uh, Cactus Jack, Paul Orndorff, Steve Williams. I mean, Lou Albano. I mean, he was able to get a lot of... Um, very notable talent, even at one point able to get Andre the Giant for a very brief run. Um, about 30 seconds. <laughs> about 30 seconds, yeah. <laughs> and, and it even went as far as uh, doing a show at the MGM Grand Garden Arena uh, to a very, very small, um, quote-unquote, crowd, uh, probably one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. Um, this is an example here, Carl. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, when AEW started up and how they, you know, we were looking for competition but being very cautious about competing right directly with Vince and trying to unseat them as the number one company. This is an example of what can happen if you go with that mindset and then just completely lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but the best way I can kind of put no, it. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. Um, unfortunately, like you say, this this guy was just a, uh, he was a fan yep. and uh, wanted to start his own promotion to uh, take down the uh, conglomerate, even back then uh, in 1990, the conglomerate of uh, the WWE or WWF, um, uh, drugs, hmm. alcohol, yep. hookers, hookers, yep. sounding like a Marty Jannetty story. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, the, I mean, all of those things played a factor into it. And, uh, yeah, like... It just just a huge downfall, a huge downturn. Um, really, uh, it, it was it was a, uh, a a showcase and a history lesson um, in what not to do yeah. if you're going to try to start a professional wrestling organization. Um, you talked about AEW, uh, and I, I love how they have not tried to compete with or, or even like take down the WWE on a large scale, let's say. Um, but they kind of just Wednesday nights, right? Which their NXT is on Wednesday nights. We get that yeah. definitely, but they, it's not like they're trying to go head to head with both raw and SmackDown and NXT and, and throwing all of this out at the same time. No, they kind of took their time and, uh, yeah. That was that was that. So it was it was very good on AEW's front, but for the UWF, not so much, unfortunately. Yeah, and the the owner of the company, like we had mentioned, the wrestling Mark, uh, who started this, his name was Herb Abrams, and he was the type of guy that uh, you know when you have that combination of 
lot of money in the bank account and then going with this lifestyle and this whatnot. I mean, just it was doomed to kind of go in that direction. And it even got to the point here, Carl, where money was so bad that there were towns that literally had him cornered on the rooftop of a building and said, if you don't pay us, we're chucking you off. That's how bad it got. <laughs> and it was it wasn't just talents either. It was yeah. even uh, television production mm-hmm. or, or production company as yeah. well. Like camera crews are sitting yeah. there going, um, if you don't pay us, we're taking our cameras yeah. and we're leaving. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. You literally yeah. had a guy that wasn't paying his talent and his crew. But at the same time, literally, I'm not exaggerating at this. This guy literally had mountains of coke in his hotel room or, or a private room or you want to call it. And was literally probably like swimming in cocaine. Like at one point, you know, when uh, the, the night that he probably died, uh, it was covered in oil and cocaine. This guy was literally probably like swimming in this uh, garbage and at the same time, wasn't paying his crew and his talent. I mean, damn, like it doesn't get any worse than that. And what's unfortunate too, when you look at people that were close to him near the end of the episode, you know, they, they, you know, they realized it was bad, but there were some people that obviously, you know, still like this guy. And, um, yeah, it's just a really unfortunate situation of somebody that, you know, minus the Coke and the stupidity and the craziness could have actually probably made a decent run if he could have just, uh, kept his vices, uh, under control. Uh, you're you're one hundred percent correct, one hundred percent correct. The yep. the UWF could have been a major thing yep. if it would have been taken a little slower and would have been done and worked without the drugs. I think the guy just, uh, I mean, he had separate bank accounts. Yeah, right. So he was writing checks for these companies and for these people from a the bank account that didn't have his millions of dollars in it. And, and, and that's, that's how big this was. This guy had millions of dollars. So you're looking back in the nineties, millions of dollars was a big thing. Yep. And he had that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's very unfortunate. This, it could have really turned into something good, especially with all of the former, uh, WWF names that, that he had. Yep. So, yeah. Probably the best way that I can kind of, and this might be a bit of an obscure thing, but uh, to kind of make a reference to really kind of put this kind of into perspective, this whole situation, it really kind of reminded me, I don't know if you remember this band that came out there, the band was called Airborne. They were kind of like a uh, an ACDC-ish kind of band that came out in the early 2000s. And there was a song that came out called Too Much, Too Young, Too Fast. I think that that phrase almost kind of describes the UWF. They they tried to do too much too quickly and just really fizzled out really fast. And if they would have just taken their time and really tried to grow as a proper wrestling promotion, they could have been something significant. But they just they they did too much too fast, and they unfortunately had a guy uh, running the company that, quite frankly, didn't know what he was doing. You're yeah. So that's yeah. about the best way I can kind of put it. And as a uh, to as a cautionary tale uh, to promoters out there, um, just don't do this. <laughs> I know that it might sound a little bit silly, but if, if you're going to be in that position, uh, just be careful what you do uh, in your personal life. And uh, if you're somebody that that has some issues, you know, specifically with drugs, um, 
you got to get some help. That's all I can kind of say. Um, whether it, you already have that existing or whether you're somebody that has money and, and kind of gets carried away, just it, it can really, really be a detriment in this kind of situation. So uh, drugs in general like that, cocaine especially, is one just to not fool around with. Um, I've known people that, that have been involved with it, um, you know, even as far as family, and uh, it can have a very, very negative effect, and it, it really messes you up. Like it, uh, This guy was literally at the point, I'm talking Herb Abrams here, to where he thought people were spying on him and that people had little microphones and speakers inside of pillows. He would literally tear apart these pillows because he thought that people were spying on him with, with microphones inside of pillows. Like, damn, like <laughs> how messed up can you get? And... Uh, yeah, that it's it's unfortunate because this company was around at a time where they could have really been something, but just not un, they just they this one guy ruined it for everybody. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it is totally unfortunate. I mean, especially given like you had WCW mm-hmm. as well around at that time. Yep. Right. Uh, I, I believe ECW was just the rumblings were starting to happen with ECW as well. Yep. Uh, so it could have been a very viable thing and, and too fast, too quick. Yes. You correct. Um, he should have started a little bit lower. Um, you know, you, you want to take over? Well, take out ECW first. Mm-hmm. Oh, WCW is still young. Take, try to take out, you know, WCW and, and, and work, work your way up to the top. Uh, just just like any any type of fighter who goes out there, they're the uh, boxer, MMA, whatever it is, um, you're you're training and, and your first match isn't going to be against the top guy. Mm-hmm. Your first match is going to be against that lower card guy and you're working your way up to the top. Yeah. And I think that uh, if Herb Abrams would have done that and and maybe get, loosened a little bit of the control and given some of the control to his uh, to his. Uh, you know, friend and business partner to actually run everything. If he wanted to do all, all the drugs and, 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 and uh, you know, have the hookers and stuff like that, he's putting up the money for all of this. Let him have his fun. But somebody should have gone to him and said, listen, let me run this for you. I yeah. will make the money for you so that you can continue to afford your habits and we'll be good. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And, and you know, a, a, a smart man would have gone, all I have to do is coke and hookers and uh, <laughs> just sit back and the money's going to keep rolling in. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, I mean, if he had done that, you know, we, we still might see the UWF today. Yeah. You know, and not every wrestling promoter, like the owner, doesn't always need to be a face on camera too. Like I just mentioned, you know, they can just kind of be that person. They always have to be on TV. This was a guy that really shouldn't have been put in front of a camera because like he was at the point where he thought people were going to be entertained by yellow cowboy boots. Um, all 200 people that happened to be in the crowd. And, and even if I had mentioned, I haven't mentioned it here on the recording, he, they even went as far on their belt to make it look like when they would fold the, the belt over, they would say F you. I mean, that was a direct shot at Vince. Um, that kind of stuff just don't do. <laughs> it, it's a bad move. Um, like I had mentioned, WWE is at the top doing their own kind of thing. Everybody else can do their own thing. I always mentioned, you know, there can be a Coke and there can be Pepsis and Pepsis can be just as successful as Coke without having to be that number one company that that's, uh, I'll, I'll say it again. Not everybody can be at the top, but there's plenty of room below as well. That's the way I can put it. <laughs> 
Wonderfully said. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, barring anything else, I guess maybe may I just make a brief mention for Collar and Elbow before we peace out of here today, Carl. Definitely. We are partnered up with CollarandElbowBrand.com. We are the first ever sponsored podcast from Collar and Elbow Brand. We are very happy about that and, and want to tout that every chance that we can. Go and check out CollarandElbowBrand.com. There is a link available to the site at all of our social media, which can be found at TB Talk Pod. Click that link. It'll take you directly to the store where uh, we actually get a little bit of a kickback for every purchase that you make as long as you use our promo code jk podcast at the checkout not only do you get 10 percent off your entire purchase whether it is brand new merchandise or the clearance you get 10 percent off and we get a little kickback too there you go and we'll see you guys on the next one have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows we have written at all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. 